<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. As is the Incomparables Thanksgiving tradition, we gather around this table to celebrate the wonderful thankfulness that we have for the world of popular entertainment and serving on the platter today is a nice, well-roasted duck. It's not brain science. It's rocket surgery for Thanksgiving. This is Howard the Duck. This is a turducken for sure, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) The Incomparable, number 691, November 2023. Welcome back to The Incomparable, everybody. We're doing a Thanksgiving special, Rocket Surgery, where we talk about the excellent, uh, legendary mm, uh, 1986 film from Lucasfilm, produced by George Lucas of Star Wars fame. It's Howard the Duck, a famous flop from the 80s, a very 80s famous flop. And the story here is that we were doing our Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom episode, and we talked about how uh, Willard Huck and uh, and Gloria Kurtz, Yuck, Yuck, uh, and Gloria Gloria Katz were... um, the writers of that, well, they were also, I was like, oh, well, but also the writers of Howard the Duck. And suddenly we all sort of said, hmm, Thanksgiving, rocket surgery, rocket, <laughs> the, you know, uh, Howard the Duck, be there. And we're here. Here we are. So let me introduce uh, my panel, including four co-conspirators who decided this was a good idea with me. Uh, let me introduce them first, Annette Weirstra, unindicted co-conspirator number one. Hello. Hello. I thought it was not bad for a duck from outer space. Mm. David J. Lore, co-conspirator number two. Hello. This this is why I hate the night shift. Mm-hmm. Well, he says Chuyan, co-conspirator number three. Hello. Snellsy, I have nothing in my own defense. <laughs> and Steve Lutz, <laughs> co-conspirator number five. Hello. That's a duck. That's a duck, man. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us because... Or Monty Ashley, hello. Hi, Jason. Is this where I go to breeze this fly trap? <laughs> yep. And Erica Ensign, hello. You know, usually I show up for rocket surgeries and I get mad that you guys made me watch something that I end up hating, but I've seen this movie a bunch of times, so I'm here. Ah, welcome. <laughs> welcome. I watched this movie in the movie theater, everybody. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, oh, wow. I have two memories of that. One is a duck going across a bar which happens. And when the moment happens, a five seconds of this movie, I pointed at the screen like Leonardo DiCaprio in that 
animated gif that everybody puts on the internet and went yeah that's it that's what i remember and then the other thing i remember was just walking out of the theater into the light of day thinking were there jokes (laughs) yeah the thing i remember from 1986 is leah thompson saying let's watch letterman (laughs) <laughs> in howard the duck's world david letterman's name is david letterbird sure of course can howard, confirm howard is yeah. from a uh a parallel uh sort of world that's just like our world except with ducks except our our, our world is not called people world whereas theirs is no. called duck world <laughs> and there is everything in their <laughs> world is puns mallard card blooming ducks it's the united states of anatidae these people are more obsessed with who they are than the My Little Pony people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So the story is that uh, there's a great Marvel comic, legitimately great Marvel comic from the 70s by Steve Gerber called Howard the Duck. That is a, uh, for for something coming out of, of Marvel, which even back then, like Marvel had sort of its archetypes. And then it did like, this was just like, why don't we do something totally bizarre? All, not quite... Like the corporate version of an underground comic, I would say. Like, it, it's great. It's not as wild as like a real underground comic in the 70s, but for Marvel comics, it's wild. About a duck who comes to Earth and has a girlfriend named Beverly and is in Cleveland. A All those things. A sarcastic a-hole. That, yes. You know, that, that, is, that is funny, genuinely funny at almost mm-hmm. everything he says because of that fact. Yes. Uh, a genuinely transgressive comic that uh, is adult in a lot of ways that most of the Marvel stuff wasn't at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not what this movie is. No. In any way. You know, it's got very sharp media satire, and this has puns. Mm. <laughs> and they're not even Sorta. good puns, is the no. thing. They're not even, they're no, not even, God, no. They're not even, you know, grade-A choice puns. I mean, the, the comic was good enough that at, at times it outsold Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. It was succeeding when the X-Men had been canceled due to low sales. That's right. <laughs> but this movie went through the process, the film industry process, and came out the other side as something different. Well, it went through uh, Willard Hulk and Gloria Katz. <laughs> and Gloria I, think, Katz. I think their whole purpose in life is to show inappropriate things to children. So that was really <laughs> first and foremost in their minds. But yeah, it went through them and it came out the other side. And that's what ended up on the screen. To this day, I I disbelieve that Willard, uh, a guy whose last name sounds like something that Goofy says. um, I doubt that this person actually exists. Like, I I, I still have trouble believing he's a real person um, because in in the history of Hollywood going, hey, here's this thing that we're going to adapt. Here are all these good things about it. Let's do none of the good things. Yeah. And let's take all of the all of the uh, stuff that we can cram into it, uh, and just paste this label on it. Uh, this is maybe well, one of the best examples of exactly that. I think George Lucas, who probably bears a large share of the blame here, got something sort of very on brand for George Lucas, the guy who I would say famously didn't understand why people liked Star Wars. Um, I think he didn't <laughs> understand why people liked Howard the Duck in the comics and and then to put it through a process. And, and this is what we got. We're going to get into the movie. I would say one of the things that struck me in watching it again is that it is very 80s. Um, and the thing that I didn't think of when I came out of that theater into the harsh light of day wondering were there jokes is thinking about it in terms of the film trends of the 80s and this is what struck me this time 
which is um, I'm going to mention uh, two movies, right? Like, so in 84, Ghostbusters was an enormous hit and it fused comedy with a special effects action adventure style. And it was one of the biggest movies of the year. In 85, Back to the Future did the same. So here comes Howard the Duck in 86. And from the perspective of 2023, I look at Howard the Duck and I especially think, oh, they're doing Ghostbusters. But no, without but jokes. You know, <laughs> you know what they're doing? Beat for beat. This is a very similar plot to Buckaroo Banzai. It, there's a lot of different 80s DNA in here. I to was the struck that oh, yeah. or Buckaroo Banzai has a plot. Yeah, well, <laughs> I completely agree. But it, it is, um, it, it well, and it, it made me, it put me in the mind of the Super Mario Brothers movie a little bit. Um, <laughs> it is because oh, w- one of the things about this movie is, I mean, where I said, like, was it funny? And the answer is, it is. It is at various points trying, I think, to be funny and isn't funny. But like, it's very surprisingly a like a sci-fi action adventure about a demon beast that is possessed a scientist with a laser spectrometer. By the way, laser spectrometers are not lasers. They just see. They read the light. They don't. Anyway, uh, do they go? <laughs> do they break constantly? Science. Just. All the time malfunctioning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're shooting at lasers, Monty. Of course. So, uh, and and how they've got to stop this demon and his demon buddies from invading Earth and possessing everybody. And and I had completely forgotten that that was what this movie is about. And it is such a strange turn uh, to have that going on. Uh, but that's what this. That's what the movie does. Uh, and it's also so. It's not even just. It's got a part of a, like a rom-com sort of where there's a duck and a, a duck meets a girl. Girl is in a rock band singing in a cage. Um, what's going to happen there? But you've also got, again, a scientist is, has his brain eaten out by a demon and he's going to try to take over the world with his dark brethren. Um, what a what a thing this movie is. And, 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 and that goes to what I would say is the fundamental problem with the movie, other than it maybe not really being funny, is... Um, at one point, halfway through, I wrote in my notes, uh, does this movie have any idea what it wants to be? And I mean, the answer is no. Nope. It, it, it is Mm-mm. a tonal disaster and a t- sort of topical disaster. And that, I mean, I, I think there are other reasons why this movie is a failure. I, I have to admit, I kind of enjoyed watching it because there's a lot of really great <laughs> 80s stuff in it. But also, I just kept shaking my head like, what? <laughs> what? What is happening? So... It's Howard the Duck. What can I mean? It has moments where it's almost charming. Mm -hmm. Like it's trying. It's 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 talented people in you know in the film behind the scenes, and yet ah, and like like Hook and Cats, (laughs) they started with American Graffiti, yeah, and. And I think I said this in Temple of Doom. It's like, how did they get progressively worse with I think each, there's, each there's, film? There's literally a car chase in this movie shot on the same roads as American Graffiti. Because, I think so. Because I will tell you, friends, this is not a movie that was, although it is set in Cleveland, <laughs> it is shot in San Francisco. And well, it's Mod- very Modesto obviously, is the Cleveland of California. It's, it's very obviously shot in San Francisco. And uh, around the bay, uh, where you get these beautiful rolling hills of Sonoma County that are supposed to be um, Cleveland. Sure, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> but supposedly, 
they considered making this after American Graffiti. Like yeah. Lucas was interested in this back in 1973. I don't know. I, and I don't know. Well, it didn't the, work in 86. So uh, the, that the piece of like? historical per, uh, context that I'd throw in here is that Lucas saw this as a meal ticket. And when it flopped, it didn't make all the money that he needed to be able to pay off the gigantic costs of building Skywalker Ranch. Mm. And so he sold his animation studio to his friend Steve. Steve Jobs, yes. And it became ah, yes. Pixar. Mm-hmm. An- yes. Another fallout from this movie that is significantly less important, but I made note of it anyway, is that <laughs> eventually he decided this guy, this one person was responsible for Howard the Duck being made, Frank Price. Frank Price was also <laughs> the guy who saw the video for the Cheech and Chong song Born in East LA and said, <laughs> that should be a movie. Cheech should direct it and Chong should not be involved. <laughs> so when that movie got done, Frank White is out of the picture and they were like, we're not going to promote this at all. To heck with you, Cheech. Wow. Amazing. Uh, the the other Frank Price related anecdote, which I didn't expect us to <laughs> have one, let alone nice. two Frank Price anecdotes, <laughs> is that allegedly he and another executive from Universal got into a literal fist fight after a test screening, I've trying that, to argue yeah. over whose fault the movie was. <sighs> so yeah, only I, in the eighties. I, I don't I don't know <laughs> if I can walk through this whole movie. There is so much here, and I took a lot of notes of it. But I I, I do want to uh, I, I want to hit up on a bunch of points. But I want to start with. Howard himself. So Howard the Duck is a little person in a suit with an animatronic head that moves its uh, little little beak to talk. A little bit. A, li- a little bit. Which famously yeah. they wanted Robin Williams to do the voice and he came in and he was going to do, I'm going to do a bunch of riffs where I, where I do lots of uh, uh, cultural references that'll be out of date by the time the film comes out. Can I do that? <laughs> and after two days he quit because they were like, no, Robin, you have to match the very slow movements of the beak, of the, of the bill <laughs> Uh, animatronic and he's like I can't work that way so they replaced him apparently with a Broadway actor who um, is boring and so you've got a a, a non-expressive head on a little weird suit that doesn't really look real it looks like a, a suit and a main character who's not very doesn't do a lot and is not very interesting and sounds kind of boring and I do think that is one of the key problems with the movie is that Howard is not just that a guy interesting. And, and never He's doesn't seem a, like a little person in a duck costume. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a dubbed in voice I was, of a boring It's such a pronounced guy. issue that when, when they brought Howard back in the comics under writer Chip Zdarsky, he, he wrote a storyline about how, uh, how, how well, like the, effectively what happens in this movie was a result of mind control and somebody in a bad duck suit. And 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 effectively mm-hmm. brushed it out of even Howard the Duck multiversal lore as as just an aberration uh, that yeah. that doesn't count at all. I was trying to think of other movies where a human head is inside an animatronic puppet head. Uh, the TMNT movies immediately came to mind. Yeah. They started four years later. They're so much more expressive than right. this guy, and he just has the <laughs> duck. The bill and the eyes. Hoggle and Labyrinth is the same year. Oh, good point. Mm -hmm. But but Hoggle and the Turtles were built by the Henson Creature Shop, and this was Was not. not. No. No, so that's that's a real obviously that's a real well, problem. Another major problem is that like the <laughs> Howard the Duck from the comics is basically Donald Duck with a cigar and a suit coat instead of mm-hmm. a, a sailor suit. And still no pants. 
but he looks, you know, he looks like what he is, which is a riff on, on, you know, cartoon ducks and, and supposed yeah. to just be kind of like a dirtied up gross version. And Howard in the movie is more or less like this baby faced, cute little squeezable, huggable guy. And uh-huh. it's, he's literally the opposite of what you would want if you would. And, and I went to the, I went to see this in the theaters too. And I was seeing it having read the comics and I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be you know, sort of transgressive and sort of adult. And the minute that I saw the, the Howard costume, I was like, this is not, this is not what I came for. <laughs> it was the pants. The pants were the problem. Well, Howard the Duck in the, in, the, put- in the comics eventually had pants too, due to a suit from Disney who said, no, there's yeah. only room for one pantsless duck in this town. <laughs> the, can we talk about Howard's clothing briefly? Because he yeah. looks bad in every suit. Well, the suits are yes. all bad too, but mm-hmm. yeah. Like the clothing in this movie is generally great. I love some of the clothing, but Howard always looks, that's not a duck's body. That's not a human body. I don't know what this, what body they're trying to imply with him is all. He's very off-putting. Yeah. It's a it's a mascot. Yes. You know, I yes. think they I think they put all of the focus on uh duck boobs over Woo-hoo. duck clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Why would ducks have boobs? I you don't know. get okay. it. So there is a there is a scene where everybody's he, out there watching pulled duck boobs. His, he's pulled in his in his chair backward up into a portal and flung through space and lands on earth and along the way they're like oh man this is going to be where we get to expose a whole lot of what's going on on duck planet and here's what we're going to do in one scene there's going to be a duck lady in a bathtub and she's got, we're, she's going to have boobs but they're because they're duck boobs and they have Woo! feathers on them it's going to be fine and it's like <laughs> it's, really it's not like, fine and again like anatomic first off first off it's like what movie is this right. again and, and, well, and second, prior to that, how, he's reading play duck. She's nursing her baby ducks, like, obviously. You went past him unfolding the duck porn centerfold. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we get to the shower. And sure. by the way, she's Miss October, not Miss Ducktober, which is another issue I have with this movie. Like, sometimes they have <laughs> duck puns, <laughs> and sometimes they, don't, they just don't bother. Like, all the books on mm. Howard's shelves, they're just earth books. It just felt really 80s to have a lot of boobs, yes, except they were course. duck boobs. But Woo! I have to say, like, I had not seen this movie because just the sight of Howard was offensive to me. Mm. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I that I, I was really, I hated him without seeing the movie. I hate you, Howard the Duck. I've never seen it. And I've only watched it for all of you. For, thank you. I appreciate how people in the movie react to him, by so, the way. The duck, the duck boobs. Is weird. So, uh, uh, super weird. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Time for a brief break. Let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. I got a Wild Grain box. All of it was so good. Fresh pasta, it's frozen, but you know, you boil it, and it, it it doesn't taste like dried pasta. It doesn't feel like dried pasta. It's so good. And the bread, it's bread. It's not dough, but it's not quite done yet, and you put it in the oven, and when it comes out, you would never know that it was in, in that intermediate state. It is just like fresh baked bread, because it is, basically. There are also pastries, yeah. Get a little apple pie-like uh, thingy that you put in there, pop it in the oven, heat it up. Every item bakes from frozen, 25 minutes or less. It's true. And you can customize your box. So you're going to get what you want. Any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You want all bread, all pasta, all pastries, you be you. 
For a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus free croissants. What? I want those in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash incomparable to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. It's raining croissants. Hallelujah. $30 off your first box, too, when you go to wildgrain.com slash incomparable. That's wildgrain.com slash incomparable. Or just use promo code incomparable at checkout. Thank you to Wild Grain for sending me a box full of bread and for supporting the incomparable. So, all right. Um, I mean, at one point in my notes, what, what I wrote down was, you see, they're ducks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's this whole thing like there's, there's ducks playing the $64,000 pyramid there's play duck magazine there's Miss October but of course she, although she is not wearing any clothes she's completely covered with her feathers he's got a wide mouth beer bottle because Bill duck right um you know the beer by the way is Birdweiser yes although, of course although it is. fridge also contains a box that just reads Tyson fried chicken so great job continuity people <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets upset about eggs later yeah yeah there's a, a bit of dissonance right there mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and also at the very beginning of the movie before we before we even find out that he is a duck they they try to play it like it's a a, a noir detective yeah. film sort yeah. of thing with everything's in shadow and you've got the music and like it's i mean my basic thought about this movie is that it is a terrible movie competently made so those first scenes are actually not bad you're like oh what kind of movie is this that right. i'm getting into you, you the, the shots are good the music and is you great. almost think that the, you're almost convinced that the reveal of the howard the duck costume is going to be really yeah. awesome and then it's and then it's Howard. And, just, yeah. and, and, and Erica, the other the other thing I would say is, is there literally anybody who watched this movie who did not say, I would like a ticket to Howard the Duck or, oh, Howard the Duck is on? Because the mm -hmm. way the, the opening is, it's like, well, uh -huh. what we do, what we're going to do, Gloria, Gloria and Willard, is we're going to like hit people over the head with rocks on the street and drag them into the movie theater. And they're not going to know what movie it is. They're going to think it's like a noir or something. And then it's going to be a duck and they're going to go, what? It's a duck. But no. It's like all those Doctor Who stories where it's something of the Daleks and the Daleks are a big surprise at the end of episode yeah, one. It's like, I think no, they know you can't do that. What it's going to be. So like the reveal of the duck and yeah, the duck is just not, I mean, I think we can all stipulate like one of the big problems, the, in the, certainly not even close to the only problem, but I think one of the <laughs> core problems is the, the duck is just not very good. It's just not good. <laughs> I, I would argue with all the problems the movie has, that is the biggest one because mm. it's Howard the Duck. I know. Right? You got to nail the and, duck. And, 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 well, to be so fair, to speak, in, in other countries, yeah. I mean, yeah, in, yeah. in some countries, it was named <laughs> Howard and the Fate of the Universe. Ah, uh, yes. Howard, a new <laughs> breed of hero. Howard, Those people the were like, superhero. Whoa, it's a duck, man. They they really were, their minds were blown by it. But the rest of us. Exactly. So, Howard the superhero. And the poster is him behind a newspaper. Wait till you find out. He's a duck, guys. And when, here's the thing. <laughs> Okay, so it's not very effective, but the other follow-on, the knock-on problem with the duck suit is that this is a movie that sort of pivots into being an action-adventure movie. Not only does he have the whole thing where he knows Quack Fu, which apparently is shenanigans involving running between people's legs and hitting them with sticks, <laughs> which is a very weird martial <laughs> art, if you ask me. But... um and then at the end, like that scene that I remember, the reason I remember it is it's a very exciting fight scene in that diner 
where um, the duck has to scamper across the bar top, but it's a guy in a suit. He can't scamper very fast. So everything no. is just slow and <laughs> and dumb. <laughs> it's like, it's a guy in a suit. Can, what are we going to do? He can quite easily be picked up and tossed out of any room he's in. Mm-hmm. Apologies to everyone's grandma, <laughs> but the jokes in this movie down to the physical comedy business are like somebody's grandma went, hey, you know what would be hilarious is if then the duck runs on the bar and he falls down. <laughs> uh, no, grandma, that's actually not very funny, but okay. okay well, grandma has a producer credit. We have to let her do this. She has, <laughs> she has final cut. I, I don't know why we gave grandma final cut, grandma but we did. Gloria. We, it's, it's because grandma made Star Wars. So yeah. I think that the action could be fine Except that it's not. at the end of the it's movie, <laughs> it's action scene, then action scene, then action scene, then yes. action scene. Yeah. And all of the action scenes oh, are bad. Yes. Well, that's the, mm-hmm. that's, and that's what I mean about it becoming And it's not the end of the movie. Adventure it's 45 movie. minutes of the hour and 50 minute movie. Yeah. No, it, it transforms. Imagine that it's there's that little really bit long. in Ghostbusters where it gets to be that where they're on the rooftop and the marshmallow man comes and all of that. Like that, that is their sci-fi action adventure. I'll point out that there are also like 20 jokes in that segment, all of which mm-hmm. are very funny. Uh, that doesn't happen what in this do, movie, Ray? but it's like that, but it's way longer. And it's like, you mm-hmm. know, who among us doesn't enjoy seeing Jeffrey Jones, the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, trying to take over the world or something. Sure, okay. And a lot of rotoscoped lightning, like in Ghostbusters. You know, you, the kids love the rotoscoped lightning. Well, let's give but them some Jason, of that. What, what if you're doing the height of vocal performance oh. like this? <laughs> I'm no longer going. who I was. I well, and it's like eventually you get Vincent D'Onofrio and Men in Black doing it really well right 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 right, again same concept but like at the beginning when you said i don't know if i can walk through the whole movie the plot is nothing there's nothing to this plot it's just because it's so long like the ultralight sequence goes on forever and the car chase is forever Mm -hmm. the yeah the 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 chase with the plane that lasts 15 minutes but feels like an eternity i've probably got an hour of material that i could just i don't i haven't prepared because why would i prepare it for this um but I, it, there, there's so much more material to be mined about the movie than is actually in the yeah. movie. Well, so the, mm-hmm. the ultralight, they go, they get in a chase scene because literally Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins is in this movie, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, first, first he's movie. a scientist, Super janitor, baby Tim scientist janitor, young Tim Robbins. And, and he's like, oh, we have to escape the cops. Um, let's steal a car. And it's like, no, no, no. What we should do is fix up this this ultralight aircraft over here and we use it <laughs> at daybreak to slowly get away from the cops who can go just as fast as the aircraft can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll give it, I'll give it a point for trying the joke that it's a duck who can't fly. Yes. Who's flying. Yes. That's mm-hmm. a funny concept. Yes. It's a fun, mm-hmm. co- funny concept, not executed. Poorly executed. In funniness. And, <laughs> and the, you know, apparently that sequence was designed by Joe Johnston. Yes. Who is good. Yeah, it's but, not. I mean, they again, are. It's very clear they're not on a green screen or anything. Every time you get a close up on them, they're moving in air. Yeah. And they were actually forced to fly. It the plane. is very clear because in many shots, you can see all the wires going up on top, and you can very. It's very strongly implied there is a crane right above that yep. because it's ha- it's literally just hanging there. But but no, I, it's I'd say fairly competently done. It doesn't make a lick of sense in the movie and the way. And again, the jokes are like Tim Robbins does is like whoa, whoa, whoa and he falls off and he's 
down at the bottom and he comes up and then yes it's you you know how to fly howard you're a duck just visualize and fly and he's like but i don't know how to fly i'm like oh these are the jokes everybody that's why we're here is somebody wrote down oh this is going to be really funny the duck doesn't know how to fly and then he has to fly a plane that's going to be really funny and then and and then willard and gloria were like okay uh all right put some jokes Joke goes here, TK. I mean, scene is basically and, uh, 15 minutes of happen. the equivalent of young Anakin going, yippee, because that's really all they do is they're like excited <laughs> that they're flying and then they're not flying. Now and then this they're... is duck racing. Yeah. And they keep and they keep coming back to Earth and then coming back d- uh, down and up. Like it's really ineffective that it's like you're flying a thing. Stay flying. Why are you going down and then back up? And it's, it's for the drama, kind of flying I you guess. have in nightmares. Yeah, it is. They should just be swimming in the air. That's so right. There's no tension, right? Because like you've got the police cops, like the cops at the same pace, just like they could reach out and touch them. Literally the same. At one point they basically do, right? At one point they're like, get them. They're doing these, you know, wacky cop car crashes and everything. And the whole time I'm going, make a ducks of hazard joke. Come on, Robin Williams would have. And you know how in yeah in some movies there'll be like something in the way, but there's a reason for that thing to be in the way. Mm -hmm. In this movie, there's a a truck or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In this (laughs) movie, there's a truck stopped perpendicular to the flow of traffic. Yeah, just so that police can (laughs) hit it. It's not going anywhere. Later on, a car is coming down the middle of the road, straddling the double yellow mm-hmm. line, honking at other people to get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> they're on a different car chase. There's a bridge. They're like, whoa, where'd that bridge come from? Yeah, well, you know. Um, Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So on a positive note, (laughs) <laughs> because this is a movie this is a movie from the 80s i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do it um i first off i didn't realize at the time the original songs in this movie and there are multiple of them all all produced by thomas dolby several of them performed by thomas dolby i love thomas dolby these are not his best songs i'll point out that they're kind of catchy though it, they're not bad and, and in fact the i can song tell is pretty okay actually. and i can tell that they're Thomas Dolby. The Howard the Duck song is not just Thomas Dolby; it's George Clinton, George Clinton of yeah. P-Funk, <laughs> who who did who was a who was a Thomas Dolby collaborator. They did some songs together on Aliens Ate My Buick. But you With can tell respect, it's Dolby. The the, the, the Parliament fun, Funkadelic does need to pay its bills too. Well, so yeah. well, and I mean, and so does Thomas Dolby. No and, they, and they and they get this bit and they do the work. And and again, um, Clinton and and Dolby work together. Um, and then they also work together on this, and and they create songs that I think are fun, at least in the hindsight of being from the '80s, and they're gloriously '80s like. Mm-hmm. I and, and I can also see that the brief was this is a girl rock band, and so it's like the brief is 
is uh is exactly what they give him is like there's a lot of like tapping on the sticks one two three count me in and we're gonna do a a peppy kind of number you can tell that that was kind of the brief um and then and that brings me to the other thing that i actually really love about this movie which is you guessed it Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. I think Leah Thompson is let down by literally everything else in this movie. I think she's kind of great. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. You guys go and then I'll... uh... And then you're going to disagree? I think I I just I I really like her. She plays it. She plays it so, so straight. Like she is, she is trying so hard to keep this movie on the rails and... And and ground it in some way possible. She to, to Erica's point, she commits to the worst bits. She commits yeah. to the absolute duck. worst bits over yeah. and over and over again. In that uh, the love scene, quote unquote, <clears throat> she puts yeah. on an absolute tour de force in that scene. She genuinely pulls off that she's into it. You know, she's being real flirty with this, mm-hmm. this dude in a duck suit. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's, it works. The whole thing works. And it should not. There's, I mean, there's nothing in the script or in the dialogue or... Yeah. or in the delivery that works, but she pulls it off. And I, I think that's virtually impossible. When it comes to 80s movies with Leah Thompson and love scenes, this is less cringy than Tom Cruise or Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I will say also, this movie's gotten a reputation that there's this love scene between a woman and a duck. And it's like, you know, it's kind of not. It's kind of not. Mm-mm. Like, mm-hmm. like he's, he's saying stuff and then she's kind of like saying, all right, mister, let's do it. Well, and then he's like, whoa, the- immediately. He's like, no, 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 I was just kidding. And, and she's like kind of giving it to him. And there's, there is a little something there, but it is not... In that moment, it's not that serious. And the most serious it gets is that they're silhouetted against the paper screen so that yeah. the science men who are just letting themselves into the place see yeah. it like they're going on hot and heavy. But that's not quite, it's sweeter than that. And it's, it, well, that's yeah. our relationship with him. But other than it, that. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but it's sweeter than that. It, it's the a, movie it's, does tr- yeah. try to have it both ways. But I think you're right, Jason. It does lean towards the sweet because mm-hmm. early on, like it, before we get to that bed scene, when Howard's sort of in the windowsill and stuff, you get the very classic romance tropiness sure. of the way that the shots are framed For and sure. the music and, oh, she tilts her head. And like, you're so, I feel, I felt very much like the, the filmmakers were using all of the tricks in their book oh, yeah. to convince me that there was a romance that was right. going to happen Utterly between unearned. these two characters. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually buy it, but they were trying. Yeah. The, the, that instead of it being a, an, actual romance which the canonical comics howard and beverly that is that is a romance yes they played it as a oh you adorable little misogynist i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna you know take the take the mick out of you uh and you well, know making it a, a playful kind of screwball he, comedy he lowers, sort of thing he lowers his right he's he's doing that and then it's revealed once she calls him on it that it's an act and he's actually terrified mm-hmm. and he's like no 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 i was kidding i was kidding right like and and it's a i, I like that give and take between them but but as erica said uh yeah they, yeah they're trying really hard it's kind of unearned um it's unclear how it would work and also again you've got to the point that like not only is he a duck but it's actually just this duck costume that we've been watching and that, that there's <laughs> there's nothing really excited about that at all yeah. um and she really should have just stuck with let's watch letterman but the good uh, news kids sure. is howard does have a condom in his wallet it's unwrapped it's unwrapped. No which is unwrapped and gross yeah, but he's no. got it oh howard <laughs> that's not what you do no, but it's made of space age technology du- that doesn't mm-hmm. require an outer wrapper. Steve, I and I don't believe I've ever seen this before. I've never said this before, but Steve, yeah, duck penises don't work like that. 
Is that right? <laughs> nope. I, 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 I believe it later. something of a corkscrew <laughs> uh, shape, and uh, and yeah, it I'll just doesn't work at all. Now, that could actually have been a funny joke if he uh, pulled this corkscrew-shaped <laughs> rubber out of Oh, my wallet. God, that would have been so good. See? <laughs> <laughs> she takes it out and she's like, "Whoa, what is whoa?" <laughs> they were not sure if people would get the joke if it was something wrapped at that point because oh. that was still not a common thing in media. And and yeah. and surely they could have thought of a pun for a name of a condom well, for the, a duck. These days, you look at that and you a go, rub, "A duck rubber I, for a rubber duck." I ju- I, we <laughs> just had we just had an election here in these United States, and and you you look at that in the movie and you go, "Oh, it's that thing that I put on my finger to sign the touch screen to say that I voted." <laughs> I was I was actually really thankful that they didn't get really pervy with yes. the sex because I'm like I didn't want to see that and I was really worried that the, this the is the duck an boobs 80s movie. really set you up though right then yes, you see the duck boobs like, you're like what we movie had is duck this boobs, duck <laughs> porn duck are we gonna have a duck sex scene and I was like please no please no please no and I think by that point I was kind of starting to root for Howard even though I didn't love it. It's like, oh, no, I'm sort of rooting. I want him to succeed. But if this turns into like a full on romance, I'm not going to buy in. I'm going to check right out. So the thing I am thankful for today is they kept it at sweet and didn't mm. make it pervy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been terrible if there'd been anything pervy in Ugh, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be terrible if something, you know, something as sweet as this was played off were, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> countermanded by a, a hot tub themed sex I, club. Yeah. I was, re- oh, I was or as the Wikipedia summary calls it, a romance spa. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> oh, I called it. I called it the orgy oh. store. That's what I wrote down. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. I'm Phil Rizzuto I'm for the orgy a, store. I'm just a plumber at the orgy store. Okay, I just I like clean up after it. That's what I'm here for. I gotta fix a duct. That's not, not a, duct. a place where you want to be a plumber. A, it's by not the way. a duct that I'm fixing. I'm. It's a duct. Okay. Let's make that clear. How did all duct. this hair get in here? <laughs> I don't think they make a duct joke either. He's fixing a duct. <laughs> So speaking of 80s, 80s movies and 80s character types and all of that, I will say that um, Leah Thompson uh, and some of her dialogue and the way she talks really fast at various points, I thought was picking up a little bit of like Jordan from Real Genius. I got a little bit of that vibe in there, too, Mm -hmm. that some of that was going on. Um, This is also a movie about lasers that threaten the world. I mean, and and Tim Robbins has a a certain real genius vibe. And Tim Robbins absolutely has has a little bit of that as 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 boy boy scientist. By the way, did you notice Tim Robbins' character arc? His 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 preferred career trajectory as well. I I have to do some cleaning up and stuff now because I'm still a student. But when I graduate, I'm going to get my own museum. Museum? What? That happens. (laughs) That's how that works. That's your plan. I liked Tim Robbins a lot. Uh, he made me laugh twice in this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's excellent. Once by calling pizza a circular Italian food object, <laughs> <laughs> and once by smiling excitedly when he tells Howard, "I got arrested. I'm going to have a criminal record." Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That was mad about that it lovely. later, but in that moment, he's thrilled that he got arrested. And I think that's a very funny choice. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, "Let's do, let's take the ultralight instead of stealing the cop car," which would have been a much more yeah. reasonable. Oh, he is very game for this role, and I. Think think he, he pulls it off I, honestly i don't think the acting lets this movie down in any respect no absolutely monty please tell us your feelings Leah Thompson, about Leah Thompson. there's your so segue bad in this movie you guys she's so so bad 
Here's Leah Thompson in this entire movie. Oh, Howard. Oh, I'm going to talk very softly and breathily. And I'm not going to do anything but get captured. Uh, I'm going to sing a song now in this same voice. Uh, That's when she's in the cage at Mm -hmm. the beginning. She's no energy at all. All from Leah Thompson for me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I I see what you're saying because there are times when the script requires her to do to do that kind of stuff. But I I see other times where uh, where I don't feel that way. So this is her performance, well, not the dialogue. Uh, Monty, I would def- I would defend myself relative to the rest of the movie. It it when when this. Oh. Interesting argument. To, to your point, substandard, uh, very uh, um, you know mawkish kind of stuff. When when that is what I'm grasping at, it really uh, says more about the rest of the movie that I'm trying to forget than anything else. Yeah, actually, Monty, I think that's a really good point because may- maybe the 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 lack of energy that you were seeing and that you were bouncing off of that might yeah that might be what I kind of glommed onto and felt like like because Tim Robbins I love him but he's at eleven and that's just too much for me and I couldn't handle it whereas maybe she's at a two and she should be at a, like a six or something like that but I liked the two because I couldn't sweet handle. relief like, it was basically it was the math of all of the different that you know I needed her to sort of balance it out. Maybe that's mm. it. If you think well, he's at 11 math. now, you should see Tape Heads, which is actually oh, made after Howard the Duck. <laughs> I, he was in Top Gun before Howard the Duck, though. I see I see oh. what you're saying. I, I, I like her a lot. I'm going to admit that I'm from the 80s, and so seeing Leah Thompson <laughs> as rock girl dressed up in 80s rock gear, playing with a, a band uh, behind a cage, and then uh, later I- hair. <laughs> after I watched, and the hair and the whole thing, and then I, I, I watched this, and uh, and then I later reported back, reported back to Lauren about it, and I said, well, Leah Thompson does spend a lord, large portion of one scene just walking around in her underwear, so- yep. That mm-hmm. that was good. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's a little that Mike and Cat's magic. I I I mean I'm not gonna. That's like that was my favorite scene in the movie, basically. So okay, all right, all right, fine. Okay, fair. But but I also think it is all. Yeah, I think it's relative levels. Yeah, and that's that, that's really the money shot right there. Is when after she's been <laughs> tromping around in her in her skivvies, she she wants to watch Letterman. It's like oh no, yeah, you're the perfect woman. But, but the, <laughs> one of one of the things that did drive me crazy. Was was yes, her going Howard, 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 and Howard going Filzy, Filzy. Fil-. It's like shut up. We yeah. know their names. No, that's not. Stop it. It's not. No, that and, and like I said, I I I look at that and I'm like, oh well, here's the movie, you know, insisting that that she do this. But is it annoying, Monty? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Yeah. I just there there are other parts of her performance that I kind of enjoy, and I I think I, it is levels like Moises said, but I would also say she doesn't feel like the reason this movie is a failure and i feel like leah thompson the actress is maybe trying like when she's doing stuff it's more more of the stuff that i like in the movie and when she's not it the movie frequently gets worse to me but i can see why you would hate it i totally can i get i get it um but i enjoyed i enjoyed her performance and i it was it was i have not seen a lot of leah thompson performances where i've been like hey Good job, Leah Thompson. Right, like we all know, Back to the Future and all that. But like this one, I was like, oh, she's doing something a little bit different, and uh, and and she's kind of a winning performer here. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed well, it. She she went from the failure of this to doing some kind of wonderful just to do anything, even though she originally didn't want to make that. And that's one of her best performances, See. Um, which came yeah. out of the desperation of of, of coming out of this. Another <laughs> redeeming, uh, not even, well, uh, that's going too far. Not redeeming. A thing that I like about the movie. 
<laughs> is that you have some of the some of the more archetypal 80s generic um roving punk gang oh, yes. kind of stuff oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. yes oh, yeah punks. like that's quiet that, punks. that for me yeah that that's 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 a thing that i i found solace in <laughs> while trying to escape various corners of this movie oh man i yes, love the punks. mid-80s unthreatening movie punk so oh, much. yes it's so good <laughs> and mm-hmm. by the way this movie was made the same year as star trek 4 Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. See, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they Peak after he's thrown out of the club for punk. for being a child in a costume, which I mean, almost. Uh, he there is the uh, the the punks, and they threaten him. Uh, punk rock punks. They're they're not just punks, but they're also punks. You get me? Like they're punks who are punks. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and then he, that's when he fights them with his quack foo, which involves again uh, shenanigans, running through legs, and hitting people with sticks because that's uh, real martial art on Duck Planet or whatever. Um, there is a, a moment, um, that but it's in the service of stopping a, a imminent sexual assault on Leah Thompson, mm-hmm. which yeah. you know more fun stuff from uh, for the kids. Yeah, for the kids. Yeah. For the kids, along with the duck. Bo- I mean, they're they're so blinded by the duck boobs. Still, they're thinking about the duck boobs. Woo! Steve, they're not even thinking about this part. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm thinking of. So, uh, I there is a bit that is, that is actually mm. sort of subtle that I actually really did like, which is after they meet. Uh, there's that moment of um, where Beverly is like takes him home, and and she's like trying to feed him, and she says, "Do you want milk in a bowl?" <laughs> And he looks at her and, he, and he's like, how about a beer? And she's like, oh, a beer. Sure. Uh, whatever. And she goes. And then he says very quietly to himself, I'll put you in a bowl. <laughs> and I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. It's just mean. And I like, right. I like that. I like, ah, that now he's good. being mean. I like That's it. closer to the spirit of the original yeah, Howard the Duck. Yeah, right, and also yeah. I like the bit where he says under his breath when he notices the size of the beer bottle. Yeah. Big beer. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, look, I don't even know what to do here. I haven't even had a pet. I don't know about cleaning up their poo-poo. She says, and I'm thinking to myself, well, this is the moment where Howard should say, oh, Beverly, you should understand I have a cloaca. And so pretty much I just (laughs) wherever I want. Right. Also, (laughs) if you've got any wine bottles that are in need of opening, I got you covered there, too. (laughs) But that doesn't that doesn't happen. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, what we'll see what else is in here. So, yes. So our scientists, the science men come when they're having their like moment in bed uh, silhouetted. And and it's uh, a group of science men brought by Tim Robbins to, uh, to figure out. They they found a, a feather in the laser lab, and they're gonna do a feather match to, to one of <laughs> his tail feathers. And it turns out that uh, there's a, uh, a laser that the, like their laser brought him there, but it, it there's also the laser brings a demon that inhabits uh, Jeffrey Jones. And uh, in a, I would say, kind of a cool moment when Jeffrey Jones is completely taken over, he 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 does the thing because he's going back and forth with the voices as he's being possessed, and he goes, "I'm dead, I'm dead." Yes, you are, and that's the end of Jeffrey Jones as a human being until the end where he's miraculously brought back. Okay, <laughs> his hair gets fixed too. It's nice yeah. of them, and oh, his face and nails and everything is pressed for that. Yeah. Howard goes back and forth between really wanting to get home and really being a jerk whenever he's asked to help out, get him home. Uh Uh-huh. Like when uh, he's first taken to Tim Robbins or Filzy, as he's apparently known. Oh, that's um, his name. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as he's asked any questions, like, screw you, I'm leaving. Like, what? He could just- Where? Stick around. Where are you going? Yeah, where Where are you going? going? I just have to complicate the script, okay? 
All right. And also just the whole that whole him being pulled from duck world into our world. It didn't ever really make any sense because it's not like it was just a random thing that that landed someplace on Duckworld. It's specifically him and his chair being pulled through a building, yeah. through other objects and things. And then later, there's this like throwaway line about how uh, as they were testing the laser, uh, you know, a, some sort of force pulled it off of off course. And you know, maybe that was supposed to be the dark. I don't know, beastie guys, whatever, but it's never really explained, which I'm kind of okay with because they didn't need to make it any longer or add any more things to this movie. <laughs> but it's just like, I was hoping for maybe just like a t- like for that bit of the movie to hold together for me. And no, they, they didn't even give me that. Erica, this is a movie where somebody who ostensibly works at a nuclear power plant says the word nuclear. Yes, it is. That happened. I I have been watching a number of things from that era, and it happened a lot. It did. That's a... uh, Jimmy Carter said nuclear, and he was a nuclear physicist. I mean, my my dad worked in the electrical power (laughs) industry. He was also Jimmy Carter, Monty. So many people said nuclear. Anyway, that that, that Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland nuclear plant is in Sacramento. Um, (laughs) So it's it's Rancho Seco. uh, Wait, 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 wait. Jason, Jason, you're telling me that bizarrely West Coast Californian Cleveland is not actually reflective of Cleveland, I, Ohio. I don't. I mean, people in Cleveland can write in about like vast valley uh, expanses with a with a couple of cooling towers in the middle of it. Maybe their nuclear plant looks like that too, but that's not where they shot the the movie. I had um, Dynatechnics, by the way, a great fake, stupid fake name. That's for a wonderful a, name for mm-hmm. a uh, for mm-hmm. you know the office park where they claimed that this uh, this laser is is for. David Paymer, by the way, is one of the scientists, one of the laser scientists there. So that's one one of the things I laughed nice. at the end credits. His character is credited as Larry Scientist. Larry Scientist, yeah, <laughs> indeed. I like that. There are lots I of like scientists. Look, and he's look, one of them. It's it's a throwback uh, um, to oh, when people's surnames reflected their occupation. So I wanted to back, nominative destiny. Back up before they go home and watch David Letterman and all of that. We <laughs> oh, do are get, we doing we, this in order, Jason? <laughs> no, I, we're not. We're doing it go all the back, way out of order. Make it longer. But I, I want. <laughs> well, this is stuff that I want to mention though. Is that there's that scene where. Uh, Howard overhears the club owner and the man and their manager, the band's manager, stiffing them of the money, mm-hmm. and uh, Howard basically gets in a fight with them and takes over. And then he goes and meets the girls in the band afterward, including Holly Robinson Pete from Twenty One Jump Street. She's one of the people in the band, and there. Liz Segal from Grease Two and See? the Double Mint Twins ads. See, there you go. Mm. But there is a character in there that I want to say one of the thugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind I kind of love that guy because he has two of my favorite lines in the movie. He is the like dumb weird thug who's at the end of the bar and who mm-hmm. gets in the fight with him later. And one of the things they're like the duck appears and says, "Listen, buddy, you're not going to screw these girls out of their money." And th- and the, the the thug at the end of the bar says, "I told you you'd be dealing with different lifestyles in the entertainment industry." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then later, where where Howard like says, "Back off, I got space rabies. I bite your Richie, face." Richie, is that a real disease? And 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 he says. I don't know, Ginger. I heard something about that on the news. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> I love I that, that character down too. So strange, so specifically weird. And, and that, by the way, is the uh, is the parking garage attendant from Ferris Bueller's Day oh, Off yep. who takes I off with that. Cameron's dad's Porsche. Oh, amazing. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yes, Tom, Richard, Tom Richard, Richard Edson was also in the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. In addition to this, yeah, he was in Ferris Bueller, but then he was also in Do the Right Thing. So it's like, look, <laughs> all over the if place. I had to be in Howard the Duck and Super Mario Brothers to be in Do the Right Thing, I, I think I would take that deal. And but, this is the yeah. weird thing, is for a movie that is not that funny, um, then suddenly there's this totally weird side character who's doing weird stuff and making jokes. I'm like, I don't know how that character got, was allowed in this movie, but I think I, you could I, just assume that's probably on the actor and not on anybody yeah. else involved in the but film. It's, it's just a couple of, it's just funny lines. <laughs> Again, it's like, oh, it's the entertainment business, buddy. There's lots of strange lifestyle. And they're like, a I don't know. Lifestyle? I heard something about that on the news. On the news. <laughs> Just uh, why is that guy there? But I don't know. Anyway, there's they go, Dyna, is. they go to Dynatechnics and there's, you know, some sort of planetary alignment mumbo jumbo or whatever. And Tim Robbins wants to take Howard and put him on TV, but they're not going to do that because. And then like, yeah, so so then we're in the action part of the movie, basically, like the cops come and they arrest him and they're going to take him to jail because he's a, an illegal alien. And <laughs> I want to talk about the police for a second. Yes, please. Because. I do not understand why Tim Robbins got arrested. I, no, and nope, they, nope. they had Howard like <laughs> confined before he was arrested. He just made up illegal aliens. I don't understand why he wanted to arrest Howard either. It doesn't make any sense at all. The cops show no, up no. at this lab and just start arresting people for no reason, and then they spend the rest of the movie chasing them. Supposedly, Filzy didn't have clearance to be in there when he was. That's what the plot but, summary but says. But then there's but a laser explosion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I have a th I have a theory about this that doesn't uh, rely on trying to make actual sense of it. Okay, good. Um, the reason <laughs> the reason that works in the movie's favor is part of why this movie was became such a hit among uh, people of a specific age who caught it on rotation on HBO that you know considered it an uh, you know a classic of their childhood because it it makes absolutely no sense in the same way that loads of stuff from uh you know GI Joe and Transformers cartoons do where it's like why are they arrested uh because they needed to be because yeah that's that's exactly right I, they, I was going to say by the way earlier Jason when you were saying who's going to see this movie without knowing it's called Howard the Duck uh -huh. the answer is a 9 year old on HB, uh, watching, watching HBO. HBO yeah mm -hmm. so yep. So uh, also there's a moment where uh, Leah Thompson takes the cop's gun and holds it on the cop. In a, <laughs> yeah, a that's moment, not great. It is Howard the Duck, people. Howard the Duck. That's and our heroine has just taken a cop's gun and is pointing at the cop. I and mean, the cop is bad because he's like going to arrest Howard or whatever. And she wants to get out of there. But she's holding the gun. And I, I had that. It just popped into my head. It just popped in. I was like, wow, imagine if she just shot the cop right then. <laughs> yeah, the, the logic hmm. the logic hmm. of the movie hmm. works in in the world of kids playing outside, which I know kids don't do anymore, uh, where nothing makes sense and you can pull a gun on a cop and everything's fine at the end. It's and, uh, and she cocks it at one point yes, too. She's yes, ready yes, to go. Yeah. This is yeah. this is what she's doing. Literally, the moment in my notes where I finally wrote down, "What is this movie doing? The tone is entirely <laughs> wrong. What are you doing?" So the We're docs, back in a noir. Yeah. The doc mm -hmm. sees something in the laser explosion. He's been possessed by the thing. And then there's a there's a car chase with dramatic music because it's John Barry doing the underscore here. And at several <laughs> points, the score is like James Bond level score, which for John <laughs> Barry, right, makes sense. And it's like entirely inappropriate for a movie like this. And uh, and oh, oh, and here's one thing that, that got me in about the score. One of the motifs that he keeps using is Tis a joy to be simple from from Aaron Copeland and mm. and 
It's, of course. Yes, it you would. It makes no sense as you, as you in would. this movie. Simple gifts. Yes. Yeah. What, what is a simpler gift than Howard the Duck? So they, they, and they you crash. And it once and then they, it just keeps coming they, back. They crash into a diner, but it's a it's Joe Roma's Cajun sushi, which is nonsense. And I thought, why? Why? <laughs> Is it is it just an opportunity for some light eighties racism? And the answer is I, I don't know how light it was, Jason. Mm, it felt like well, the heavy. Well, no, no. The when, full when you get there, you're version. you're thinking, let maybe it's the light racism. Then you get to the point where there is an Asian cook sharpening his cleaver because he's going to try to chop Howard's head off. And I was like, Oh, that's Not why all of this has led up to mm-hmm. this. Because mm. duck. Yeah. And, and everywhere everybody's got imperial Japanese battle flag bandanas on. Yeah. I, so so the, the the thing that gets me. They're uh, making that got a me Peking on, ju- duck joke, I guess. Like the uh, whole, this is all the way. Uh, but Peking, Beijing is Chinese and this is supposed to be a, like they're not even I getting the racism know. right. Um, I don't know. And he's way too big. It's, and it's a diner. No, it, but, is, it is like Mel's diner. It is literally like a 50s diner. Except they've <laughs> added this element to it. I don't. It, it's, you know and the again, Japanese this is where the are taking spe- over, And Jason. this is where the duck is slowly scampering around. The only thing I would find a value in here is that actually this is, the, you know, you, you, you get those movies where there's the super baddie and everybody's trying to like, like, come on, you, you let us go and all that. And it, it, in this scene, Leah Thompson and Howard are like talking to Jeffrey Jones and like, uh, and, and they kind of convince him. He's like, oh. I mean, I want to destroy the earth, but you're right. I these people are awful, and I should, I should, I, I could, should blast I a bunch of these here. people. Yeah. Okay. Well, and see, one of the things I have written down for this scene, um, because it's also filled with straight up rednecks. Yep. Right. Just like Mel's Diner, and, and acting like, a lynch mob, and acting a lynch why? mob on a duck person. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, well, they're hicks from. They could have done some other part of Ohio, I guess. They they mm. could have done duck season, redneck season. Duck season, redneck season. Nope. Nope. If it's a Cajun sushi place, how come the chef's special is just eggs and I don't know, right? It's (laughs) it's actually just a diner. Before we even get into the diner on viewing it this time, the thing that leapt out at me is that the, the sign outside says Joe Roma's Cajun and sushi is covering up something. What what is sushi replacing in the name of Ribs, it, 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 Joe no, Roma's Cajun ribs. Joe, Joe, oh, like Tony, Joe Tony Roma's, Roma's lesser, Joe less Roma's Cajun turduckins. Yeah, well, Joe, Joe Roma's Cajun diner doesn't uh, Cajun diner. Is that a thing? I mean, Joe Roma's Cajun what was replaced well, Cajun, with sushi? Cajun looks like it's kind of plastered on there too. So I don't know. But the diner scene does have the one funny line in the movie for me, which is as. Jeffrey Jones is starting to really kind of get grossed out and, you know, mm-hmm. has various scribblings uh, emanating from his eyes and like explosions just superimposed over his eyes at one point. Yes. All those for some uh, reason. rotoscoping. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of one of the workers at the diner looks over and says he must eat the chili, which I thought was a pretty good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when the waitress said, oh, they fight in here all the time. Yeah. And yes. just completely yep, ignoring the riot. Actually, that was when, when he brings the, when she, when the waitress brings the eggs and Howard is offended by eggs, there is this moment where the waitress leaves. And again, it's these side characters where she's doing a little business where she's like, oh, I don't even know why they ordered the, yeah. and she's complaining about it. And it's like, yes, waitress, their behavior doesn't make any sense. You have the sense to know that this, they don't make any sense. 
But, yeah, uh, D- David can keep rewriting it line by line, but I, I think the big oh. picture stuff would be more interesting. Like, why don't we Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Howard the Duck, and this waitress, and this other side character, and this other thing? They're, right. All, They're already all... so much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, And this is where he does the scamper across the bar top that I remember from watching this in 1986, <laughs> and it is as slow and not dramatic as you might expect yeah, it's, for a guy it, in a it's, suit it's going the, across it's the, the bar duck top. person version of what happens in Picard season two where they chase a very it's elderly, a very man, elderly yeah. man slowly <laughs> of a walking. vineyard yep mm-hmm. it is it's also it's the second exactly time right. in the movie he walks across a bar You're looking it reminded here. me yeah. Of, yeah. The, of the gag in Spaceballs where the alien bursts out of John Hurt's chest and then does hello my baby up and down the bar and I think he does it a little faster than Howard yeah the uh, and, and Monty to your and point it's a puppet they, they slide him down the bar also earlier and that's dynamic because he doesn't have to walk they just put him down there but when he walks everything slows down and it's not that anyway th- this is followed by the um, speaking of slow speed chases the ultralight chase uh, through the central valley of Ooh. Cleveland um, and the the ultralight aircraft is clearly suspended by the wires above it but Another thing that I thought here, and this is, I know that George Lucas produced it, but, you know, Steven Spielberg's a friend of his. And what we learned in the summer of Spielberg, one of the things is one of the bad signs in a Spielberg movie is it starts to feel like it's a a theme park attraction. And the the ultralight felt very theme park to me, very mm. like structured and, oh, we're going <laughs> to, don't worry, you're not actually flying <laughs> But it'll it'll feel like you're flying sort of yeah. as you're my, slowly moving around in this thing. My problem with the ultralight is that the danger comes from the pad flying and not the people that are chasing it. Right. You forget about sure. them for a while t- until you see sure. that they're pacing the yeah, ultralight yeah, running on the road. trucks parked perpendicular on the freeway. It, it's 15 minutes that feels like an hour. Yeah. intercut with the alien thing possessing Jeffrey Jones having apparently fetish tied Beverly in the back of a truck. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it just... It, <laughs> More of that hoik and cat's magic. Oh the kids are going to love it. If you compare this chase to a good chase, like the one in What's Up, Doc, um, you'll find that in that... The entire movie is spent making sure everybody wants to chase these two, and then they're right <laughs> on the tail of them in the entire chase. Here, the cops vanish yes. completely. Yeah, it could be two separate chases happening, actually. Yeah. There's, <laughs> no, there's that one shot where it's from the side, and you see that they're all over the water, and the cops are on that's the unrelated. road. That's and, another and, cop. And, chasing and, oh, somebody it's else. a different cop, right? But yeah, that's a, a moment where I'm like, oh, right, there's a chase going on, and it's not just shenanigans with people who don't know how to fly a plane. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yes. Meanwhile, Jeffrey Jones is at the nuclear power plant because he needs to feed on power. He needs a million kilowatts of power. If only there were a term for that, would it be megawatts? Gigawatts. Gigawatts, maybe. I don't know. Uh, he uses his telekinesis, by the way, to get to the power at the nuclear core, which is apparently just a white room. <laughs> That's yeah. what the, it's a white room. <laughs> That's cool. what, no one seems too bothered by that. There's just like a thin door in between that. And then there's just a white room. Outside. And that's where the power yeah. is in a yeah. it's in a nucle- nuclear plant. That's, that's where, where they it keep is. the power. You don't want to make it too hard to get to. No, because you need it. You got to you got to get it out. Got to have people. that power. Yeah. That's I mean, there's none there. of this China syndrome stuff. It's it's fine. Oh, man. It's fine. So um, there, also there when is... they get to the, uh, the this the scientific establishment, the doors to defense research are not terribly strong. Either, no. So. Also, there's <laughs> a road. There's a roadblock. So the, so when Jeffrey Jones and Leah Thompson are uh, trying to get to the scientific establishment for the laser, 
um, there's a roadblock in the way uh, that, that they're doing like a, a an inspection of it's like a smog check on the street inspection, right? <laughs> and uh, well, it's California, and this is not ac- acceptable to the demon that is possessing Jeffrey Jones, uh, and so. <laughs> He basically explodes all the cars in the roadblock, and I I wrote down in my notes, oh, I guess all those people died or something. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they showed them running away. I don't know. Like everybody Did they all get out away, of the cars? I don't know if everybody got away. They all explode. Uh, anyway, At this the point, ne- I was ready to see some people die, though, so it sure. wasn't a big deal. Yeah. The <laughs> nexus of somnus is where we're going. I just want to be clear again: spectroscopes do not fire lasers. But and 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 they 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 jumble together like they they you the in a case of them actually using something from the comics. Sominus is from the comics, and okay. and it's it's a realm. Yeah. But but did they name the entity that Jeffrey Jones is possessed by? No. You want to know nope. why? Because his name is Thog. Sure. <laughs> I Thog. will say that the set. Is very cool. There's a giant laser yes. in it. Yeah. It's a giant physical mm-hmm. set. Yeah. Actually, you know? it's the best match for the John Barry score because it's very much a James Bond villain thing mm-hmm. with yeah. his James Bond score that he's playing there. But of course, in the middle of it is a duck driving a golf cart uh, <laughs> with trying, another laser beam with another separate <laughs> laser on it. It does. We do finally get the joke, which is like Howard Duck, and proud mm. of it. He says, oh, wait, Jason, 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 <sighs> you said you said finally as if anyone was really anticipating, well, waiting, I, hoping Moise, against Moise says, hope. Moise says, I think what I would say is was. there was a list that, that Gloria and Willard had of duck jokes they were going to make. And they're like, oh, man, yeah, like we got to tell them to duck at some point. <laughs> and this is it. They're like, finally here. Duck. They're like, we, but we got to hold it. We got to hold it. Oh, yeah. For like you got to save the, it for the, the climax where our hero is driving a golf cart. Anyway, there's a lot of nonsense where he fires the thing and is like, oh, and he he gets he saves Jenning, the 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 um, scientist played by Jeffrey Jones. He's he's back somehow, as we said, like, OK, he's fine. But the monster is still there. He's now a stop motion crab monster. Well, I mean, he, he's sort of fine. He's still a pedophile. Well, that's true. I'm going to say. I love the monster as Crab monster. the special effects. Yeah. I was like, Bill Tippett. This to me yeah. is yep. the best part of the movie. It's very retro. It's delightful. And then we have like extra ones that appear a little later. Mm-hmm. Best part yeah. of the movie. Going down the beam. The other yes. crab monsters yes. coming down the beam. I'm cheering for the monsters at this point because <laughs> that chase scene was too long. I'm watching the clock. Oh, yeah. Just See, I would, eat I everybody. all that stuff a lot more. If it hadn't happened after six hours of chase scenes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the time it arrives, it's too late to save the movie. And if we were 45 minutes shorter, it'd be fine. Probably. Yeah. 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 I don't know about fine, Monty, but uh, it would be better. Well, well, well I, I mean, think the so. Duck, the duck needs to be better. We're almost at the end. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's where the, the, he, he saves Howard saves the day. Okay, the end. Um, well, and, well, he <laughs> saves the day, but he can never go home. It. The movie that precedes this does not deserve the amazing motion control, uh, you know, stop motion creature stuff that well, we see in the last it's, five minutes. It's of the better movie. than the terror dogs and Ghostbusters, right? Like it's yeah. it, it's <laughs> really yeah, it well done is. in this movie. And and again, I will say, I don't know why this is what this movie wants to be, right? I I feel like that's the part that is that baffles <laughs> oh, Jason. me. Is, do, is, do you think this movie really knows what it wants to be? Well, it clearly doesn't, but but I know what I think it should be, and it's not this chase scenes, sci-fi action stuff that is at the end here. Because I think would it be a good movie? I don't know. As long as you've got that duck 
suit and animatronic, I don't think it would be a good movie. But like the stuff that I I walked away thinking is fun, at least, is is uh, Beverly and the band and Howard is their manager and punks are on the streets of the city threatening people and tim robbins has got a you know is is like providing science explanations and help even though he may be a janitor um all that stuff that's like human scale is interesting and quirky and weird even though it doesn't really come off and and the duck costume is a problem but yeah this last 45 minutes is just what if we did, you know, again, like the like Ghostbusters? What if we were like, well, no, now it's just gonna be monsters and lasers and stuff and and car chases. And yeah, if the forty five minutes yeah. you took out was all the parts with the duck, then maybe you'd have. Some. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the duck is the problem, clearly. If if you had a better duck, I mean, you know, what are you gonna uh, do? But, I mean, but, we're, we're, if I had, then a you're nickel. gonna need some sauce to go with it. <laughs> but if if you had that focus on on the duck out of water and it's just it's just a normal duck. story it's not a, a big science fiction epic yeah um if you had Small if scale. you focused on media satire and and the fact that this is not a man it is a duck and then they just go on with a normal human story that would have been more fun. It would have also been more like the, the comic. The plot of Wayne's World, by the way, is yeah. essentially a weirdo gets a girlfriend who is out of his league and is concerned about her band not being taken advantage of. And it's a perfectly <laughs> fine movie. Yeah. And I, I believe in Wayne's World, there are no stop motion crab monsters. So there you go. <laughs> There's you one, forgot that part. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. <laughs> voice of I think there's not. I, I, I think there's remnants of a better storyline for Howard in the movie. Because yeah. right when he gets to Beverly's, there's that thing about how, well, I'm an advertising copywriter. I could never make it in music. Right. And like, right? she's a musician and... Here we go. So this is right? no nothing. Yeah, he's he can write songs and perform, and he's gonna. He already has gotten her out from under her bad manager. And like, wouldn't it be funny to have a duck be in the music business in the cutthroat music business? It's like the movie is like not really. No, no. How about a demon from space who rode to Earth on a laser? Okay, and and the cutthroat music business of Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Cleveland. Well, that's I okay. Mean, Hard Scrabble, Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, some of the biggest laughs in the movie are every time Beverly mentions her career, her vivid and vibrant <laughs> yeah. career of singing in, in a cage the, at a dive, singing in a cage in, in Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> the audience at that cage show is not interested in them at all. No. By the way, nope. they're not even no. clapping. Mm -hmm. Well, it yep. also makes me laugh that the uh, that the money that that her, their manager is withholding from them is like six hundred dollar bills. <laughs> it's this you're just tiny say little six dollars. Yeah. Six dollars. And that's from all of their performances. Right. The the big finale at the end, again, is it's the super happy ending thing where they're at the it's the Warfields in San Francisco, by the way. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah. I know all the scenes in this movie because I'm very good about I'm an expert in Cleveland. Mm. Um, but, but in the, in this moment, and it's just like I started I was like, oh, OK, I guess we're going to do this. She's like, this song is de dedicated to my to our new manager. Nothing like having a, 
a big dedication from the stage to to management. That's like thanking your agent. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, but they're not, at least they're no longer singing in a cage. So he's done something right. And they sing a song called Howard the Duck about Howard the Duck. That mm-hmm. Howard the Duck comes on stage and almost Marty McFly like uh, is given mm-hmm. a a duck guitar and allowed to perform. <laughs> as they perform a song written again by Thomas Dolby and George Clinton doing their best imitation of Prince, I will say. Uh, <laughs> and it is uh, Howard the Duck. Anyway, that... Well, uh, Prince, uh, Prince, the, the, the uh, Prince scoring with radically more simplistic lyrics oh, I mean, than Prince would <laughs> well, ever sure, use. Well, sure, but the, the tone of the song, they're like, clearly it's like we're trying to do a well, Prince, Prince definitely Purple definitely some duck kind of number in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and this, but with and, all the thank you, Steve. You can't you can't woo your own duck boobs. You Come on, woo. <laughs> um, I beg to differ. Well, Steve can if anyone can. Yeah, try is, to stop is. Steve. Anyway, this movie, yeah. this movie, uh, obviously cost a lot of money. And at the end, all I could think was, "Whoa, wait till you see the bill." Oh, oh. see. Good night, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> woo. <laughs> that was that was almost as obvious as the the thing that the lyrics of the songs prior to and including Howard the Duck at the end what they do is what people who hate musicals think that all musicals do where they go I don't know why you're not talking to me right I don't know what went wrong two people who had so much together really ought to get along yeah 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 it's a story told but something started to change inside of you. Th- mm-hmm. These are actual lyrics from one of the songs. Yeah. Where where the the underscore lyrics are just describing what's happening on screen. <laughs> you know, yeah. I hope that Thomas I'm Dolby assuming that George song Clinton was a paid. huge hit well, exactly. on the radio. Because, you know, uh, that's so catchy. In the States, yes, but not in was Canada. It? So that's why you didn't was know it, Annette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that was huge. What People is wrong with the, you all? Doing the it duck. should not be a hit. Oh, it was huge in Cleveland. I mean, San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Was there a dance move to go with it? So, you know, in the end... What have we learned, Jason? Yeah, no, that's where we are. What have we learned? What I learned is I I see sort of what they were trying to do with some of the bits of it, which was try to follow the lead of other more successful movies. Um, Like I said, I, I really watched this and thought, oh, somebody saw how big ghostbusters was especially and it was like that's it that's what we're gonna do we're gonna put we're gonna do a comedy with an action adventure story and we're gonna put it together and then and then somebody loft left out the comedy part because it's just not funny and the duck is kind of broken but what i what the funness that i feel for this movie having watched it again is it's super 80s and there are the parts of it especially that are not part of the plot that involve very 80s music and and hairstyles and costumes and tropes from 80s movies and all of that stuff i in the 80s you're like it's a movie but in the (laughs) 2020s you go it's an 80s movie (laughs) and that makes a difference so this is this movie is a mess i don't think it could ever have been successful with the animatronic duck but i i it, but it's broken beyond that, I want to say. It's not just the duck. It really is very broken in terms of its tone and its screenplay. But there are parts of it that I found charming. It may be charming in how ramshackle they are, but that I found kind of charming. Um, is it a in in the parlance of the flop house, I would say, I this think is this bad, is a good movie. I think this is a good bad movie. Mm, yeah. I 
could not more vehemently disagree. Um, <laughs> it's just a bad movie. Uh, and now, uh, Tim Robbins telling stories about the making of the movie, most of his, uh, all of his fond memories are about how much money he made because the movie <laughs> sure. went so over schedule I doing reshoots of people involved they, in this he was movie paid twice hold on, would hold on, say that hold, hold on they did tons and tons of reshoots on this movie well you had to get it right what did I mean, this movie look like before, before? the reshoots if this is know. what we got was it better what was it like it, the it had more chase <laughs> oh imagine how better. many times that puppet head messed up yeah uh, I heard about it on the news. Radio control. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it's it's a it's a bad. Mo- it, I mean, it's a bad movie. There's no That's doubt about it. Actually, they just reshot that dude in the bar. <laughs> like li- literally, I think the reason that 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 I this time through, I was like, oh, is is that it is so 80s that it it took me back to 1986 in a way that I found fun. But boy, it is it like. It's non. I mean, it's nonsensical the way that the, it's put together. It, it 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 can't even find a tone and then lose it. It like it does not know what it wants to be. That, at least that's it, what it, it that's switches. What it switches tones within seconds in a in single scene. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In sentences, even. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. is. It's a miracle when a movie actually gets completed, and an even bigger miracle <laughs> when that completed movie is actually good. And this movie just had a bunch of the wrong ill-fitting parts plugged in the wrong places. And anybody who was in a a position to say no uh, to the right things and yes to the uh, even more right things, nobody was nobody was doing that. And nobody, I think, I suspect could go to George Lucas and say, George, Mm -mm. right. Mm -mm. He's like, he's Mr. Star Wars. Erica, you said you watched this a lot. Uh, Explain yourself. I I don't. I don't know about a lot. Uh, I think I must have seen it on VHS when I was a kid. And I think I think this movie, as you said, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It changes tone. It's got all of these pieces of these different types of movies. And I think, I don't know, maybe as a, as a youngster, I was just like, each of those pieces entertained me on their mm. own. And I didn't care so much about it hanging together. It's entirely possible. I didn't even watch it in one sitting um, because, you know, kids, VHS, we had outside to go to. Um, and I then I watched it again years later with some friends. And we like, yeah, it's terrible. But we enjoyed the experience of watching it together mm-hmm. and laughing at how bad it was. And when I was just when I heard you guys were going to do it, I was like, well, I will absolutely watch that movie again. And yeah, it was kind of the same thing. I think I just knew how bad it was that I was not actually expecting anything. So each of those little moments that were entertaining or put together well or shot well or the music was good, like this is this is a really terrible, terrible movie. It is not good. Okay. But it was made by people who are so talented that the, like that just that contrast in my head just was hilarious to me and you know i'll probably end up watching this again someday i admit it um i it's it's a bad movie i recognize it i'm i'm never going to try to encourage anybody else to watch it no. except my spouse who i i made watch watch it with me oh, yeah. uh, well he deserves it yeah really well I, he was gonna have to edit this podcast anyway so yeah exactly um, yeah i i just i i i i like this movie kind of sort of but it's it's awful it's a movie yeah, she kind of likes i Didn't i did like yeah. that <laughs> maybe, they maybe good they bad. spent the money to get richard kiley to read one paragraph yeah, they spared no expense 
for no yeah. reason. I mean, that narration no is reason. totally no. unnecessary. No, it's yeah. completely. <laughs> Just so they, they can put the title card up and say Howard the Duck and have yeah. somebody say Howard the Duck yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Annette, what'd you think? Well, I think that, you know, I never got out of expecting it to go back to being a noir movie. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I kind of think that might have made it better if I was going to pick a genre, stick with noir. But I hated it less than I expected it to. And <laughs> Raves like, that Weirstra. Yeah, it, it was. I, I think it's partly that nostalgia that Jason's talking about. It's like, oh, the 80s. I really love that. I love that decade. And I loved watching so many things. And there are all these mm. actors that I'm like, oh, I love these actors and all these elements I appreciated. And I think in that there was something enjoyable. Was it good? No, it was terrible. It's really terrible. <laughs> I, I don't know that I would watch it again. Maybe if Erica really talked nice to me <laughs> and we drank, had drinks or something, I would do it Lots with her. Lots of drinks. Yes. Uh, but, you know, uh, do I regret watching it? No, because then we get to mock it with all of mm. you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, about halfway through uh, in my notes as I'm watching and I'm going, well, that's Emilio Lozardo and that's the dimension barrier and that's you know, and i and i just wrote down duckaroo bonsai yeah also that's the plot yeah it's a better joke than most of the ones in the movie it's true. it is thank you and proud of it uh, that's right. it was a pretty low bar david don't get over uh, yeah no I'm, monty I, uh what, i what slithered you, over it what, what what is your overall feeling about howard the duck um i like bad movies that are bad because nobody has any idea what they're doing because then you get really crazy decisions. This is a movie where made by competent people that still makes a lot of crazy decisions. And I, th- I like that even more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the fundamental problem with this movie is at the fundamental of this movie. And, you know, people are good actors in it. Yes. But they're acting such bad lines that there's no hope yeah. of saving the scene. I think so that's true. very funny. You can write also, these things, uh, George. <laughs> in the IMDb trivia, <laughs> Leah Thompson complains that she spent two hours a day getting her hair done and she should have worn a wig. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't because I am from the 1980s myself and her hair makes me yep. feel like I'm at home. I know, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, it, and, it and it changes if it were a wig again reality when, when hair is comfort food like like she the, she's wearing like her hair do changes from scene to scene it's fascinating right it's like why she's yeah. just got very different hair in the diner and and it's like okay i guess that's it and it is it's like coming mm-hmm. home it really is it's leah thompson's yep. hair <laughs> steve <laughs> you can actually see the hole in the ozone layer hovering mm-hmm. above her uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm halfway there with you, Jason. It's, it's a good, bad movie until it's a bad, bad movie. Until, yeah. <laughs> I do love the, the eighties stuff. I, I had recollections of all that and, and all that stuff was enjoyable. Uh, I enjoy how bizarre the tone is and how random it is that we get like, just like the random orgy shop in the middle of this <laughs> child's movie. It's just a romance spa. Romance. It's Jeffrey Jones store. with his creepy pedile tentacle hands, you know, sticking him into the... <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just uh, it's just more of that hoik and Yeah, there's magic. the title, creepy penile <laughs> hands. <laughs> but then, uh, then the last 45 minutes is just chases. 
Yes. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And and none of that involves any of that 80s stuff or any no. of the goofiness. There's no there's no orgy shops on an ultralight, as it turns <laughs> or out. In nu- or in a nuclear power plant. <laughs> or in a nuclear power uh, They just power didn't plant. go to the right level. That's true. They're probably, there's probably yeah. something like that in there. That white room uh, is not where you want to be. You want to be in the no, dark room. No, no. The champagne room. You want to be in, in the hot tub fever. That's right. Um, or, that, or, that, or that very, very, very thin mud bath. The, the, yes. the lava of love, I believe, as yeah. the neon sign That's what it was called. Yeah. He was a bad boss, right? Yeah. He's really mean to yeah, Howard. You generally don't no want reason. people calling you a creepy little dude at your place of employment. No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Oh. No. It's just it just turns it just turns unwatchable at that yes. point. And I I slept through the uh, multiple times. I slept through those forty five <laughs> minutes oh. and kept having to go back and and figure out where I had dropped off. And it was like right at the beginning <laughs> of the forty five minutes. Um, so no, it's, yeah, it's real bad. And then and then the Howard the Duck song I think picks it up a little bit because that's also very eighties. Well, but, bring, uh, it, it brings it back to the eighties in that moment. But you're right. Like, right. That's why again it's telling that I I there are like five different things I can list as the definitive movie killer in this movie. It's got lots of them. You can't just fix one. You know, some movies, it's like if they fix this, it's like they fix the duck. Nope. <laughs> if they nope. fix that. Nope. But I do think one of the definitive movie killers is that decision to take a quirky comic book and make it a quirky movie about a duck and a girl in a band and say, hmm, what about aliens who fly to earth on lasers and possess scientists and want to take over the world and let's build a whole thing out of that. And like, it's so boring. Like all, I mean, I mean Jeffrey Jones is kind of fun, but like once it's finally like, let's do chases and uh, it's Jason, just... Jason, what if we took, what if we took ghostbusters and streets of fire, put them in a blender and then <laughs> strained out everything interesting about either of those oh. movies or the source material it's that this is based idea. on. What if we drop in a guy in a duck suit? <laughs> <laughs> We're out of Ghostbusters. Right. Will you accept Masters of the Universe? <laughs> no, okay. no, not the cartoons or toys. Just the live action just, movie. Yes, Joff Lundgren. Well, you, you can sort of understand it because the last thing that this group of people put together, all anybody ever talked about was the uh, the, the theme park ride sequence towards the end of the movie. And that's uh-huh. what we get 45 minutes of here, too. Yeah. So I think they're just mm-hmm. trying to relive the mine cart. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That magic. It's, now it's an ultralight. I, I gotta think, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, I knew of the comics before the movie came out and it was only later that I discovered, you know, actually reading them. And, and I gotta think, you know, you go to see this movie as a fan of the comic oh. and go, why did they make this? This is not, I mean, it, again, to take a really obvious joke, it looks like the duck. It talks, well, it doesn't really talk like the duck cause he's too nice. Um, it's, it's. It's just puzzling. Well, and the weird thing is reports say that Steve Gerber was there on the set from time to he time. Was not. Yeah. The making. He was not. He, he, was, he not. was He watched a screener of it and said something to it that endorsed it. And then a few years later, he was he, like, yeah, he, it's terrible. He disavowed yeah, it. He, he, went to, he went to a screening at some point. He signed some paperwork and got a credit and a check. Yep. He did not actively involve himself in yeah. any part of the filmmaking. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and it shows. And it shows. And you know what? It's like the beauty of it is that he he got to walk away with his dignity intact. <laughs> That's all you can say about it. 
it, was his funny. name was on the movie, but nobody yeah. saw the movie, so mm. nobody blamed him for it necessarily. Right. I, I can, oh, I, I can disagree. Say, this is yeah. this is what I think of when I think of Howard the Duck. Is oh, this movie? It, it ruined oh, so the bad property, to Steve yeah. Gerber. Yeah, he did not walk away with his dignity at all. Uh, I, I I was I was trying to be as dry. And unfunny as humanly possible. <laughs> well, like the movie. Like <laughs> well, the movie. Like Gerber, I, I feel like, you're right, Monty, that this just sort of like destroyed the reputation of this thing that he created. At the same time, I do think if you go one level deeper, you will see, oh, but they totally ruined this guy's work that was brilliant. Like that's, but it's level two. You got to go down down a, a level from if Howard you know, the Duck I is did... a joke. I genuinely did not know that the the original work was brilliant until I got here tonight and you oh, told me mm -hmm. because I Same. assumed oh. that it was based on a really terrible oh, comic book bad. and that this movie no, is no. just all of a piece. No, the, the, comic, the comic's fantastic. And I, I, I to, to put a silver lining on this, when they put Howard the Duck uh, in the post-credits thing for Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, of the, Galaxy yeah. the, the artist who co-created Howard with Steve Gerber, Val Merrick, oh, lives here in Austin uh, and is a pal of mine. And... Um, after there was this revival of interest in the character after it being associated to Monty's point with this movie, which tainted it forevermore, mm. um, I finally convinced him to see the movie. Steve Gerber had already seen the movie and died and everything, but Val had never seen the movie. Uh, we did a screening you, you put, of it at the Alamo Draft House. He Ritz. died a long time after he, he saw the he, movie. It wasn't yeah, like he, he died saw a long time and then died <laughs> right <laughs> away. Yeah, the movie did not <laughs> kill movie has Steve not killed Gerber. anyone. <laughs> um, but Val, Val Merrick's estimation of the movie upon seeing it for the first time after having not seen it at all, but catching glimpses of it and just being associated with the, oh God, that stupid duck movie. Um, his one uh, reaction was, well, that Leah Thompson, she sure is charismatic. Yeah. Uh, See? <laughs> and that was it. That <laughs> that's, was all that's, he had. That's really all you yep. can take from it. Yeah. Uh, or not. And, and also, and also uh, Thomas Dolby. Um, not not he, gonna make it on the greatest hits album. <laughs> he blinded me with science <laughs> yeah, fiction. Yeah. Uh and George Clinton too. Yeah. Um well we this that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's duck. <laughs> it's a duck. Happy Thanksgiving. We're sorry. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, you can you know, give you're welcome. That you aren't watching this movie right now. That's right. Yes. That's right. Instead you're listening to a podcast about it. Let me thank my uh dinner guests. We're gonna have that. Uh, we're gonna have some of Moises's uh, hot, uh, crispy Brussels sprouts as a side dish again. But that's a different podcast. Um, Muddy Ashley, thanks for being here. I'm glad I was here. I am glad you were too. Uh, even though we disagree a little bit on Leah Thompson, it's okay. I get what you're saying. I I do. I do. Eric Anstein. Please report Howard the Duck is not on Thomas Dolby's Greatest Hits album. It is no. Oh no, it's not. I, 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 Monty, I have Thomas Dolby's Greatest Hits album. I like Thomas Dolby. I had yeah. never heard any of these okay. songs other than you. Would, you would have forgotten that he was all over this movie, didn't you? I yes, absolutely. He's actually in it too. He's Thank the bartender. You. He's the bartender. Where the, uh, bar fight happens. Thanks, there. Erica. Uh, yeah, my grandma actually did used to serve duck for Thanksgiving sometimes. So I feel perfect. this is appropriate. It's We've perfect. served it up. It's a it's a rocket surgery banquet. Moises Chuyan, thank you. You know, I figured out what the movie did lack. Uh, it was either an adventure into fear or a giant size man thing. <laughs> One of those. Uh, Steve Lutz, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Uh, as I pull my chair up to the table and uh, prepare my cutlery, I can only say one thing. I'm going to get you, you dumb duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David J. Lore, thank you. Uh, thank you. And, and I have... A quote from the film to oh. end with. Mm, great. But but I can also, I, I'm, I, I also use it to pay homage to Steve. Eat beak, Snell. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, <laughs> thank you. And Annette Weirstra, thank you. Thank you for coming. I have brought a homemade apple pie with ice cream so we can all eat that and forget Ooh. about the experience of watching this movie. We'll duck in. I mean, tuck in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and thanks to everybody out there for watching. Um, you know, I had this dream the other day. I was uh, I was uh, running my fingers through your feathers and then, well, come over and I'll tell you what happened next. <laughs> we'll see you next time. 